one more time. Oh, mercy rewrote my life. Oh, mercy rewrote my life. And I should have fallen my soul cast down, but mercy you all. Amen. Well, let's stand. Let's sing. Uh, Justified, justified. I was sitting alone and wondering. Amen. Oh, I was sitting alone and wondering about what I'm supposed to do. I can't deny the times I've made mistakes. I can't hide from him. He knew. my soul and feel sorry the honest I do so I just cried and said forgive me Lord forgive me Lord will you oh justify oh justify oh you have not done it in the first place justify oh justify Bye. Uh-huh.
Let the worshipers arise. Oh, Father, I see that you were drawing a line in the sand.
You're worthy of our praise, oh God. While there's a world around us, oh God, that don't know you, oh Jesus. God, you've sent a messenger, oh Jesus, in this last day to reveal your word unto us, oh God. Oh God, that we may be able to know you, oh Jesus, in spirit and in truth, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh God. Oh, we have no prayer requests tonight, but just as we go to prayer, Brother Gabe Florent, could I ask you to open up? This is thing I love him. I love him. Oh, I. scripture if that's okay I just had it on my heart and we just sing the song uh, Jehovah Nisi earlier and uh, this scripture was just really speaking to me it's uh, from Psalms and it says uh, sorry it's from uh, says, and the, and the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And I was just feeling from the weekend at camp and how he's saying, you know, every, every uh, generation has its revival and needs its revival. And from generation to generation, we've had that. And so blessed to be under the vision of the pastor. And for me, it was my first camp since 2015. So I was just rejoicing and just seeing the young people and seeing even in the, the line while we're lining up for food, hearing them talk about the things of the Lord. And it was just a blessing for me to see how far we've come from, you know, some days that were, you know, past until now and to see the maturity and the growth and the young people. And I just want to, you know, thank the Lord for with all of you for that and for different ones that you have prayed for and seeing them in the camp and seeing them you know rejoice and lifting up their hands and praising God so we have a lot to be thankful for and I just want to give God all the glory and and uh, worship him dear Heavenly Father Lord we're just so grateful oh God to be oh God be able to gather together in your presence oh Father to be able to call upon the name of Jehovah Nisi oh Father and see you ride out in battle before us oh God 
Many needs, oh God, have gone before you, Lord Jesus. Many prayers have gone up to the throne of God, Lord Jesus, for young people, oh God, for family, oh God, for needs, oh God, within the body, Lord Jesus. And we know, oh God, that we serve a God that is, oh, more than able to meet our needs, oh Father, before we even bring them, oh Father, before your throne, oh Jesus, you know what's in our heart, oh God. And maybe those, oh God, that have gone unspoken, Lord Jesus, but oh God, you know the thoughts and the intents of our heart, oh Father. You know, oh God, how we adore you. Lord Jesus. We know how we, oh God, come before you, oh God, and just want to worship you and give you thanks, oh Father. Oh God, and how many have received their healing, oh God, through worship, oh God, through raising up their voices, oh Father, and praising your name, oh Father. And you come by their way and you minister unto them, oh Father, and you touch them, oh Father. Lord God, I think of Sister Julie, oh Father, how so blessed I was by her testimony, oh Father. And oh God, how she could come up, oh God, and testify the great things, oh God, that you've done in her life, oh Father. And I'm sure there's others, oh God, that may have been struggling, oh God, with the same things, oh God. Depression, oh God, or anxiety, oh Father. And they were loosed, oh Father, from the preaching of the word, oh Father. They are loosed, oh God, by praising, oh God, and giving you glory, oh Father. So, oh God, we know, oh God, that you are in the worship and the praises of your people, oh Father. So we've come before you tonight, oh God, once again, oh Father, to give you praise, oh God, to give you glory, oh Father, to worship the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, oh Father, for great things you have done, oh Father, I thank you, oh God, for the work you've done even in my own life, oh Father. Where I was last year, oh God, till now, oh Father, how great you are, Lord Jesus. How merciful you are, oh God. And I praise your name, oh Father, and give you glory, oh Father. Oh God, for it, oh God, it's such a beautiful thing, oh Father, to experience the mercies and the grace of God, oh God. So, oh God, with a, a, a heart that's full, oh God, I worship and praise the name, oh God. Lord, we just want to thank you, oh God, for sending the man of God by our way, oh Father, from the vision of the ministry, oh God, to, oh God, call him, Brother Andrew, oh God, and have him come here, oh Father, and oh God, you've used a man, you've used a gift, oh Father, to meet the needs of the people, oh God, oh God, and we rejoice, oh Father, the great victories, oh God, that we've had over the weekend, oh Father, oh God, but we don't want to leave it there at the camp, oh Father, but we want to go beyond the camp, oh Father, and have victories, oh God, in every day of our lives, oh Father, for as we heard, oh God, I am the revival. I am a miracle, Lord Jesus. And each one, oh God, can say those words and have them on their lips, oh Father, and claim, oh God, that revival for their lives, oh Father, whether they be at work, oh God, whether they be at school, oh God, or amongst family, oh God, the testimony of Jesus Christ can ring through their lives, oh Father, and affect others all around them, oh Father. That's all we want to be, oh Father, is to lay ourselves aside, oh Father, and just be used of you, oh Father, in whatever way, oh God, that you choose to, to use us, oh Father. So, oh God, I pray, oh God, for the different ones, oh God, that have needs within their lives, oh Father. Lord God, remembering, oh God, Sister Laura Collins at this moment, oh Father. Would you go to her even now, oh Father, and raise her up out of her bed of affliction, Lord Jesus. Oh God, may you touch her, oh Father. May you, oh God, just do such a work in her life, oh Father, that the testimony would be able to, oh God, go across the world, oh Father. And those struggling, oh God, and battling this demon cancer, oh Father, their faith will rise up, oh Father, and they'll be able, oh God, to, to withstand this enemy, oh Father. Lord Jesus, for who's this enemy that dares stand before the camp of the living God? So, oh God, I pray, oh God, that you'll give her strength in her body. And those, oh God, who are thinking of Brother Henry, Lord Jesus, would you touch him, oh Father, in his body, Lord Jesus, even now, oh Father. Raise him up, oh God, for your glory, oh God. Brother Milko, Lord Jesus, and different ones, oh Father, oh God. I'm thinking of the prodigals, oh God. May, oh God, you 
Go to each one, oh Father. Come, oh, minister to them, oh Father. Even now, oh Father, you can drop, oh God, into their heart and speak to them and cause them to turn their face upon you, oh Father. Lord God, many prayers have went up, oh Father. We're thinking, oh God, of the, the times we've had in the prayer meeting, oh Father. Oh God, and you've answered many prayers, oh Father. Oh God, and we know, oh God, that you, oh God, will come behind the prayers, oh Father, with, oh God, power, oh God, that only you have, oh Father. For, oh God, you alone have the words of eternal life, oh Father. So we're putting those same words upon our lips, oh Father, and we're coming against the enemy in full force, Lord Jesus. For, oh God, we have the authority, Lord God, of the word of God to stand before him and to resist him, and he must flee, oh God. So, oh God, the... the, the the request, O oh God, that I may have not remembered, O oh Father, but you know all things, O oh Jesus. And I pray, O oh God, that you'll go and you'll meet each need, O oh Father, and you'd stir, O oh God, in each heart, Lord Jesus. We've come expecting once more, O oh God, to hear, O oh God, from your throne, O oh God, and to rejoice in the testimonies of the saints of God. We ask all these things in your precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats this evening. I wonder if we can just sing, How Great Is Our God. Sing with me. We want to welcome all those that are online that couldn't make it tonight, that are streaming. We just pray that the atmosphere would be there with you, even as it is here with us this evening. Amen. The splendor of the King.
just don't want these words when we sing it just to be words. We might sing a song a lot, but let's take the words that, that we're singing. I love you, Lord, for your mercy has never failed me. Hallelujah. All my days I've been held in your hands. Amen. If it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be here. Hallelujah. It's by his grace that we are saved, by his grace that we can stand here tonight and worship him. Amen. Let's just sing this first verse. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me, and all my days I held in your hand. I know it that way, God, until I lay my head, I will sing of your
us all stand this evening. Oh, God will not reject your prayer. Pray makes you strong. Yeah.
worship. Oh God, in the, in the time when we might have to be patient. Lord, just wait and see is what the words of this song says. Have patience. You're working on the back scenes. You're, you're behind the scenes working on the, the, the problem, Lord. You're, you're bringing a solution by our way. But in the meantime, we will worship you and give you glory and honor. Oh, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have breath in our lives. Thank you that we have even vocabulary to express in a small way, Lord, how much you mean to us. Thank you, oh God, for this time that we can have even together. A little Wednesday night service, Lord, after our camp, and we can just give back to you our praise, our glory, your honor, for you are worthy. You are the worthy lamb who shed your blood for our sins. Oh God, Lord, if that could become a reality tonight, Lord, that you shed your precious blood so that each one of us here can be saved from sin and death and hell. Bless your name tonight, Lord. We give you this service. All that would transpire into the hands of our Savior. Have complete control, God. Fall upon your people, Lord. We desire your presence. We love your presence. Oh, we cherish it, Lord. We don't want to leave it. Lord, that's why it's so hard to leave camp services or any service. It's because when your spirit comes and you descend amongst your people, we just want to hold on to you, Lord. So don't leave us. Don't, don't depart, Lord. Just a little bit longer we can spend with you. Lord, may that be the prayer of each one here tonight. We're coming to commune with you, Lord Jesus. Not, not to speak, Lord, in fellowship, Lord, Lord, and shake a hand, but it's to come and meet our Savior this moment. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Glory. I saw your victory wave, Butter EBA. Amen. We can do a lot more of that, huh? We can wave the, the, it wasn't a surrender. It wasn't the wave of surrender. It was the wave telling Satan he better surrender. <laughs> That's what it was, right? Amen. I better come with handkerchiefs more often. I lost mine, Brother Tim, in the dry cleaners. Brother Tim gave me one in Uganda because I needed it because it was hot. And, uh, and the dry cleaners ate it up on me. And so I regret it. <laughs> Amen. Do you love him? Amen. And welcome to the service tonight. Well, we've had some, some time, haven't we? May it continue. May the Lord continue. But you know, it's on you. It's on you. You're the one that pulls on the word. You're the one who responds. You're the one who, who contributes to the service. If you're empty here, there'd be nobody here. But you're the one that's going to be either a spectator tonight or a participant. Amen? And so you say, well, you know, how was the service? I would say, how did you pull? <laughs> Amen? That would be the second question. Well, maybe a little bit of a different service tonight. Uh, we'll just see how the Lord leads. I just have a, I, I told my wife, I said, I actually have the shortest notes I've ever brought to church before. So I'm really trying hard to keep her contained. But uh, we'll see if the Lord opens the door. Maybe we'll have a little bit of testifying tonight. And, uh, and uh, so I'm giving you that warning just now. So when that comes, you can be ready, if so will. Or you'll leave me hanging and we'll just keep preaching. <laughs> Amen. Well, maybe some of this will feel like a little bit of pour over from camp. I think we're still, you know, as the, uh, you know, 
Bad analogy, but a cow chews their cud, right? And they just kind of keep chewing and chewing. They say, oh, that tastes pretty good. To a cow, it tastes pretty good, you know? But, you know, as, as believers, we can just chew on what we've heard and say, wow, that's just really good. I'm going to chew on that some more and some more, and it just keeps opening up. So that's maybe a little bit of what we'll do tonight is uh, just to chew on the Word a little bit. Amen. Let's open our scriptures. Thank you, musicians. I'm waiting for that special that was postponed today. I'll be looking forward to it in another service. And uh, I really sure love uh, your special sister, Brianna. So we look forward to that. Second Kings 6, verse 24 is where we'll start. was touched on in one of the services, and it just kind of wrote a little note down, and so we'll just, like I said, we'll just, a little overflowing of, of the weekend. This was in Second uh, Kings, and this is Elisha. And just before, in, in chapter 6 there, as we said at verse 24, it says, and it came to pass, steal here pages, that's good, it's a good thing, it came to pass that Benadad king of Syria gathered all his hosts, and he went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and beheld, and behold, they besieged it until the ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver, and the fourth part of a cab's dove dung for five pieces of silver. You know, the head of a donkey is not exactly the best thing to eat. The head of a donkey is actually a very important little animal in the Bible days. They were very needful. And so you can see it was a pretty desperate time when they were taking the head as food and it was being sold for a very heavy weight. <clears throat> Not to mention the cab of de- dove's dung for five pieces of silver is a pretty desperate time. Pretty desperate time. And the scripture continues on and it speaks about the king going by and the woman saying that they said unto him, give, up thy, give thy son that we may eat him today and we'll eat my son tomorrow. It was a very, very brutal time as they were besieged. And they could not go in or out. Food was, was non-existent. They would do that. They trapped them essentially of the resources, no water, nor food. To boot, there was a great famine. So little food they had, they couldn't even get. And so this was a horrible time to be besieged. And here, this situation now, we come upon now chapter 7. And the king has come down now to, to see Elisha. And Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow, about this time, Shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel? So we just went from right now something for five, uh, four score pieces of silver, something very expensive. We're now down to shekels, something of very small amounts. And two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. And so here Elisha was prophesying something to take place. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, so he's scoffing him. If the Lord would make windows in heaven, like this is the most absurd thing he's ever heard, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see. This is Elisha now speaking. Behold, thou shalt see. So you're going to observe something, you're going to see with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat or you will not partake thereof. Amen. You may be seated tonight. May the Lord bless the evening and the service. What a desperate, 
desperate time a famine in the land and here this king has now come to Elisha said you know what what's going on here you know and he actually was upset with with Elisha if you look at it and he said God do so and more to me if he if the head of Elisha the son of Shaphat shall stand on him this day and uh, and so there's history there that we won't get into but here Elisha in verse uh, 1 of chapter 7 he prophesies and he gives a prophecy and here a prophecy is an inspired declaration of divine will and purpose or something that is declared by a prophet, especially a divinely inspired prediction or instruction or exhortation. And so it's something that is, that is inspired by God. And so this is something that is going to come to pass. And here now this fellow that was at the gate or at the, uh, leaned on the, on the king, he said, impossible. That's the most absurd thing I've actually ever heard. And if God even just opened windows in heaven and peeled, peeled it back and started pouring down from heaven, it wouldn't even happen. And Elisha says, he said the wrong thing. If Hattie Wright said the right thing, he said the wrong thing. And you shall observe, so you're going to see it. You're going to see something, but you're not going to eat thereof. Brother Brown says, just as a bit of a prophecy, he says, I got a prophecy laying at home. One of these days, I'm going to read it. My and he speaks about a prophecy of how the days will be and, and the state of the women and so on and so forth. And day he says there'll just be a little tiny group of the very elected that's predestinated will escape that. My, there's a prophecy. There's a lot in the, in the message, a lot of prophecies. Amen. A lot of thus saith the Lord. That's what he says. He goes, I've got thus saith the Lord. My, how many people would have been like the fellow that leaned on the king's shoulder and said, ha! That's never going to happen. The prophecy, it's in quotes, but our brand says, there'll be just a little tiny group of the very elected that's predestinated will escape that. My, my, my. So a prophecy divinely uttered, it cannot fail. It cannot fail. Amen? If it's of God, it must come to pass no matter what. Amen? So often... A prophecy of God happened. So someone would prophesy. And so just too often, actually, no one even caught it. No one even, even knew it was even happening. And even in its revealing, they missed it. Even in its revealing, they missed it. And then God's word just moves along. And the prophecy is uttered. A prophecy was uttered. As we know some very, very familiar ones. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. It was a prophecy. Isaiah 9, 6. Who even paid attention to it? I don't even know. Who even caught it when it was manifested? Tiny, tiny group of people. Amen? A virgin shall conceive. Isaiah 7, 14. And shall call his name Emmanuel. How many caught that? A voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make thy path straight. Isaiah 43. Who caught that? Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Malachi 3, 1. But even the disciples... Matthew 17, he says, and his disciples asked him, saying, why then, shall, why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? <laughs> I think Jesus had a little chuckle. <laughs> well, let's just go back and rehearse the scriptures for you. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. Key point. But I say unto you that Elias is come already. And so they missed it. Here the prophecy had been way back several hundred years. And, and uh, Isaiah had prophesied. Malachi had prophesied. John came out. He's even speaking and he's preaching it out hard. And they're missing it in the moment. And here it's past now. And Jesus has to say, well, actually he's already come. You missed him. 
Man, that would have smarted. That would have smarted. I, I missed them. How did I just, they were, they love scripture. They love scripture. The, the Jews, it was, part, it was their life, just as it is our life. And here he's saying, actually, you, you know the prophet Isaiah? Yeah, you know this scripture? Yeah. Do you know Malachi? Yeah, I know that scripture. Actually, you completely blanked, and it's, and it's past you now. That would have been a sheepish bunch. The disciples. And then, then the scripture says, the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. And only then. So prophecy can happen. And you don't even know what's going on. I think of the, I think of the maybe, let's just jump right up very current times. We think of the green checkered shirt. Let's just take, let's talk a prophecy of even in, in, our, in our day and age that our pastor has even lived out. And the green checkered shirt. And I was just pondering that here, how, how uh, you know, Brother Ed was, was uh, in fact, he, he didn't even like the shirt. He hated it. And he wanted it thrown out, if you would remember the testimony. And, uh, and, then, and then he even tripped and fell in the water and... and even that would be a frustrating point. But I want you to realize that even at that moment, the prophecy was in the works. The prophecy was in manifestation. It, it was happening, but he, had no, he was not even thinking about it. Even actually, if you go back at before, he was, they had talked about it multiple times. Brother Branham, and he'd asked Brother Branham to relate the story to his dad and to Brother Bud and different times. But then in the moment, when the prophecy is actually now in the works, he's not even aware of it. Doesn't even know what it's going on. And so he's thinking he falls in the water. That would have been a very lame thing. You got to run back. He had to leave the group of, of people, head back to his bag, and open up the bag. And lo and behold, he pulls out a shirt that he doesn't even want to be there. And he's like, come on. This Ruth didn't throw it away. Okay, this is real life. This is just everyday life. Trip full, water didn't go and change. And you're like, yeah, man. He's actually a little upset. Upset with the prophecy, so to speak, in a, in a really weird way. You know, it's like, what's this green checkered shirt? And he just heard how many times there's got to be a green checkered shirt. Yeah. God's prophecies must come to pass. Yeah. Every little aspect of it. And so here now the prophecy happens and he throws it on, doesn't even think that, it, that he's now in the prophecy and, and it manifests itself. Amen. Think of that moment, huh? Amen. So here, here we are, and I'm just going to give my title here a little bit. Again, this is just a little package here of, of a service. But under prophecy, we're under prophecy to spoil the enemy. Amen? So we've been hearing, we heard a little bit about this camp, but we're spoiling the enemy tonight, all right? We had some services, there was some spoiling going on in the enemy's camp, and we'll get into the scripture, because you're under prophecy to do so. And you might not think what you're doing in your everyday. You might have Brother Ed putting on a green checkered shirt, but in your everyday actions, you are manifesting a prophecy that you are spoiling the enemy, because that's what you're here for. And it must come to pass. I could pretty much just close up the Bible and say amen. <laughs> Unloaded, you know. Anyways, here we go. So Elisha's prophecy. Now if we jump a little bit further in, in 2 Kings 7 verse 3, it now begins to speak and it begins to manifest unbeknownst to those that are there because it's four lepers that they were there and Brother Andrew referenced them on the weekend and the scripture says that they were four lepers. Here now, they're part of a prophecy. They had no clue even was mentioned. They're totally ignorant of it. They're sitting, out, they're sitting outside the walls, actually. And they say at the, at the entering into the gate, and they say to one another, why sit here until we die? That line is just so powerful to me. 
I'm sure it's been, I know it's been preached on many, many times through the years, and I, I, my mind tells me someone recently, but I, can, I just have not been able to pull it back. Why sit here until we die? You can preach a whole service on that. Why sit here until we die? Why not make a move to Christ? Because at some point, you're going to die. Why sit in your current situation? Deal with it, as we heard on Friday night. Why sit you in your current situation lest you die? And that's where they were. And he said, if we say we'll enter the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, come and let us fall unto the hosts of the Syrians. And if they save us, bonus, we live. And if they kill us, well, the other two options are die, so we die. You know, they had a quite an interesting way of looking at life there for a moment. They didn't have a good outlook anyway. As Brother Andrew had mentioned, right? Maybe missing limbs, missing face parts, missing legs, whichever. But they didn't know, actually, that they were under prophecy. They didn't know it. Elisha had spoken it. He didn't, he didn't say who was part of it. He didn't detail it. Well, there's going to be four lepers and they're going to do this. He just said, but a measure of barley and a measure of this is going to be such and such. But they were part of what God was going to do. And so regardless or not, they didn't know it, but they are now enacting or manifesting their part of the vision or their part of the prophecy. And as brother, I, when I was looking at their three options, I thought about Brother Andrew saying, give up, give in, and, and give out. Give all you got. You remember that? I thought, my, that's exactly what they were doing. They said, well, we could give in and go into the, into the walls, or I could just give in and head out to the world and just kind of throw the towel out and, uh, and be consumed with the lack of food or be consumed with Laodicea. Let's put, let's put someone, let's put you there. Famine for hearing the word of the Lord. Amen. That's where we're at right now. Famine is in the land for hearing the word, not for food. I just can't live it. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm just going to pack it in and give in. That was option one. They could give up, which is what they said. They'd just stay where they're at and just live in the pity and the shame and the depression and, and, and such that they were in there, their little secluded little world, and just kind of throw up the towel and die right there. That was option two. They could give up. Or as Brother Andrew put it, they could give all they got. Because it would take some serious effort as a leper to go from where they were to where the Syrians were. It just wouldn't have been like, hey, I'm just going to walk through this door and say hello. There would have been some distance there because they probably would have been killed already if they had been close. So they had to make effort to get to the camp of the enemy. So they had to get up as Brother Andrew so, so uh, um, dramatized and dragged himself across the stage if they were without limb or, or whichever. And so they, they made an effort to go down to the enemy's camp. Again, under prophecy. I think we had some people on this weekend put some effort in. Amen? We had a congregation, a body here, put effort in to get up from where you're at and go take it back. Amen? Is that what was happening? Amen. Brother Bram said, there were some leopards, leopards, <laughs> lepers laid at the gate. Uh, they were lepers, he says. He said, if we go to the city, they're eating another, everyone's children. We can't go in there. He said, they only had one chance. That's all they had was one chance. My goodness, if you only had one chance. He said, God rewarded them for taking the only chance they had. Amen? You might have one chance, but God will reward you if you take that opportunity, that one time to say, you know what? I die in there. I die here. So I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go and do what God is urging me to do. One chance. God will reward you. Amen? My. So here they go. They arose up at twilight, head down into the enemy's camp. 
And when they come to the uttermost part of the camp, I, I can just imagine. I can just imagine them, you know, trying to peek over the knoll. I mean, they expect the Syrians there, right? They expecting to see an enemy. So I don't think they're just like, they're, well, they definitely weren't running. They were lepers, so they were probably working their way pretty hard. But they were probably kind of coming up to this great host a little bit carefully. And it says, they rose up and here beheld no man there. No man's there. What's going on here? Again, they're in prophecy. God had already spoke it. And it was just happening the way God had already ordained it. But they're just living it out. It's like, wow, what's going on here? But God had already spoke a word, so it was going to come to pass. You might be in the middle of something. You're like, what's happening here? This is incredible. But God had spoke a word. And just wait and see, as the song says. And it's going to manifest itself because God's word must come to pass. Amen. And so here they go. The Lord has, he go, the next scripture said, For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians hear a noise of chariots. I love this. And a noise of horses. Even the great, the noise of a great host. My. And they said to one another, Whoa. Well, they didn't say it like that. They're like, Lo! The king of Israel hath hired against us kings of Hittites and kings of Egyptians to come upon us. Think of it now. Think of it now. I was just thinking, Lord, hmm. There was a great noise during camp. There was a camp of God's people, both here and both there on Mount Baker. Amen. And they were worshiping. They were praising. Amen. Brother Andrew said a war-like energy is what worship gave. Amen. A warlike energy. And here as the people praise, as you praise, what was happening was Satan saying, whoa, What's happening down there? What's going on? It sounds like there's a, there's a, there's a massive army. Have they hired? That can't be. That can't be Bible ways, young people. That's impossible. They don't worship that loud. They don't praise me. They don't praise their God like that. They never come and, and, and have a freedom like that. It must be Hittites. It must be this. No, no, it was a warlike energy that was coming from the people of God. And it was scattering the demons. It was scattering the devil. He's saying, oh my goodness, I'm freaked out. He went out the door is what happened. Amen. He went right out the door of your life. Amen. That's what you claim. You don't just say, well, that was back then. No, you, that was a shot of war. Amen. Surely that's not the young people. They're just too weak. They've been famine. There's been nothing for them. No, no. They've been actually, <laughs> sorry, devil, but they've been feeding on a different food. Amen. They've been listening to a lot of different services. They've been burying their face and their ears into the word of God and into the message of the hour. And while you thought they were just doing nothing, God was feeding them a word. God was giving them a passion for the word. And they were growing, strengthening and strengthening. You thought you had them besieged. But hey, hey, a warlike energy came busting forth from this weekend and scattered the enemy. Amen. Glory. So here come these lepers sneaking, peeking, and look over the edge and say nobody's there. My, what a time they had now. <laughs> what a time they had. They came up to this camp, man, and these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, the scripture says, and they went into one tent. Can you imagine? They did eat. They must have just filled their face with whatever was there. Okay, they went into this tent. They did eat and drink, and they carried tent silver, golden raiment, and went and hid it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
This is so good. The word is so good. I just got to, I got to bury my face into it. I, I just can't. I got to take this for myself. I got to run and write some notes down. Oh, this is good. Put it away there. I got to take the choicest things of this little tent. I got to take the choicest things of this camp meeting and tuck it away for just me. <laughs> I hope you did that. And they came again, found another tent. <laughs> they came to another camp service. They came to another week service. Said, oh, this is so good again. I got to fill my face and do it again. My, they just started eating up, doing the same thing, and hid it twice. <laughs> and carried tents and went and hid it. <laughs> oh, my. Think about it. Here they were rejoicing. Amen. It wasn't just chance here now. Remember, this is prophecy. This is God's word manifesting. They're in the middle of a prophecy being fulfilled. Amen. And they're enjoying it. And so they saw these spoils and went back. Now, this is where your part comes in. <laughs> so, don't scare me. Well, I should say, feel free. But hear what happened next. This is on you. They saw these spoils. I want you to read the next scripture. Then they said to one another, we don't we do not well. We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. We're having an incredible time. How can we hold this back to just ourselves? How can we be we laying claim to all these wonderful, this wonderful word and, and not give it back out or, or not testify about it? Huh? Come on, how? This isn't good. We have to say something. You know what they say? They actually said, we, if we hold our peace, if we hold our peace, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. So I put that on you. I put that on you. Lepers that have been healed or lepers that have feasted and have received of God's word and God has renewed your strength. Amen. Back on you now. Some mischief might come if you don't testify. Come on. This is a day of good tidings. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Amen. Come and go tell the king's household what God has done. I went down to a meeting completely dry, and I came back filled till I was bubbling over. Would you believe what's down in those tents right there? Would you believe what I just heard? The word of God came forth. He said, deal with it. And I did. And I want to tell you how I did that. I want to tell you that I dealt with it. Feel free. You won't stop me. I'm saying, it's on you now. It's on you to tell the king's messengers. So they came under the porter of the city and told them, hey, we just were at the camp. That's what it says. We came to the camp of the Syrians. We just at the camp up at Mount Baker. And, uh, and behold, there was no men there. There's actually no devils there. <laughs> there was pure freedom there. It was full liberty there. I don't know, but it was incredible. Amen. 
You were there here maybe Sunday morning. It was the same thing I would, I would pray, that there was perfect liberty. I don't care there or here. In the people, in the house of the Lord Jesus, there's a liberty. Yeah, they were a little skeptical. Nah. No, not her voice of man, but horses tied and the tents and they as they were. And so they called the porters and they told the king's house. And so they said, yeah, this is a little skeptic. Impossible. Impossible. You say God completely turned your life around? Absolutely. He took all the desires out of your heart for the things of the world? A hundred percent. I'm walking in victory. I've never felt this way before. My burden is lifted at Calvary. I laid it down at the feet of Jesus. No, it's impossible. It happened. I'm sure they had some convincing to do, Gabe, as they were trying to tell him, seriously, they're all gone. The the army has vanished. You're lying. No, come and see. It's a good line. Come and see. Come and see. God sent a prophet. No, come and see. We're having some meetings like never before. Really? Come and see. God's dealing with our hearts. God's bringing in his seed. No, really, there's a living God. There's a living people. Uh Uh-huh, come and see. Amen. Come and see. So they had to take the little chariots down. King sent after the host and said, okay, go and see. (laughs) Scripture. Amen. See, you ain't going to scare me. Testify. Both of you testifying? Amen. Amen. I had to break the ice. (laughs) All right, God bless you all. Um, My little testimony was um, on, uh, on Sunday night. On Sunday morning, sorry. On Sunday morning, um, okay. It's family night. On Sunday morning, um, the Lord uh, really spoke to my heart, and so there was Friday service, there was Saturday service, but it was it happened to me on Sunday morning when Brother Andrew just made a statement at the very end of the service, and he had said inferiority complex. And right then, I I was in worship at the time, just raising my hands, and right then the Holy Spirit just witnessed in my heart. He's like, Brother Victor, that's what you've been battling with. Hmm. And I was like, wow. I was blown away because it was like sometimes these uh, these little spirits hop on you from nowhere. Right? And they just hide away. Right? Brother Brother Andrew spoke about those little baby Amorites that just uh, hide there. And it's like, oh, it's just a little cute little cute little devil, right? Right. Right. And so immediately once the Holy Spirit, immediately once the Holy Spirit had pointed that out, um, I... I put my finger on that. I said, Satan, you were defeated, and you're under my feet. Amen. Last night, the Holy Spirit just kind of witnessed in my heart what um, about the testimony service today, and I just want to share this with you, and it was um, just pulling out from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and it was that the testimonies of God's people, the testimonies of the victories of God, puts the people of God in position for charge. Amen. And really where the thought of that, where that came from was when David had slain Goliath and Goliath fell to the ground, the people didn't just stop and walk back to their homes. The Bible said that they pursued after the enemy. And so when God had won a victory in the people of God, what did they do? They pursued the enemy and they drove them out of their land. They drove them out of where they were staying. And that's what I'm doing tonight. But testifying is I'm driving back that inferiority complex that try to plague the people of God and try to plague me, we bind those demons. They're under our feet in the name of Jesus Christ.
Amen. God bless you, Brother Victor. Amen. Oh, the devil hates exposing. Well, God bless you tonight. Uh, I, I had to get up here and say something. I was compelled to. And Brother Victor, I was about to come up, and you came up and, and took it from me. But you know what? There's more to come. Um, you know, something he said, which was so good, and I'm going to just expound on it. Brother Andrew also, he talked about, and I think all of us young people have, he said sometimes a spirit comes out of nowhere, right? Starts to plague you, things that you see in your life. And he said, you were never even meant to carry those things. Those are things that were passed down from generation to generation. And if you start, if you know any of your family history, sometimes you can go back and look at those things, right? And you can say, you know, I can see that in my grandpa, you know, great grandpa, I know this about my family. And, um, and what he was saying about the, the babies, right? Those are sometimes the hard ones. And sometimes you feel like you're playing whack-a-mole with the devil. Anyone ever played whack-a-mole? I don't mean that in a funny way, but... It seems like, and he was talking about managing things versus uprooting them, right? And you can, you can hit this, and you know, you know that's not going to bother me. Boom, that's not going to bother me. But until you really just dig out the root and let God dig out the root, it's going to keep coming back. I mean, I can remember, uh, what was it, October 13, 2010. We've all had victories in our life. I can remember standing here and getting delivered of rap music in 2010. And I mean, I was bound by it. It was something that I listened to in my car. I listened to in my room, right? And, uh, and I remember came, coming here, standing here, and getting prayed with, and I went back the next day and never once struggled with it again, right? But sometimes other things, spirits, you know, complexes, Victor, things that get in the way of your prayer life, other things just keep holding on, holding on, holding on, and you wonder, why can that go but somehow this can't. And it shouldn't be that because we should have the power to put all of that stuff away, right? And to let God come in and just clean our lives out. And um, what he said, I'm going to end here in a second, but what he said was so good how God told him, when you get in the land, there'll be this and this and this and this for you to do, right? And I think sometimes what discourages young people is they have a great experience and maybe they step a foot or two feet in the promised land, and they're like, wow, I've made it, and all of a sudden they get maybe hit by a devil, right? Punch in the face. Satan has a right to swing at you. Brother Branham taught us that, and he said it's our, it's our duty to guard him, right? To know our weaknesses, to guard him, and take him out. And I think, I just want to encourage the young people, um, you don't have to let Satan come at you and keep battling you for years, right? There are things that I was delivered of this camp that were just roots that just kept coming back, right? And, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, why couldn't that have been gone in 2010 when rap music was gone, right? Maybe I didn't hate it enough. Maybe I didn't uproot it enough. But, Sister Julie, I loved your testimony. That was, that was actually the highlight of my camp, <laughs> of just you getting up there with that kind of freedom to speak what you spoke and you know what I also loved was camp, uh, I think Michael said the ratio was 1.2 to 1 older people to counselor, to campers. So it was not such a youth camp. I think it was good for everyone. Um, but Sister Julie, you got up there and you spoke with conviction. Just what the Lord had done for you, and that meant so much to me, and I know it touched others. Because if God could have touched you in your lowest state, right, we've all been there at our lowest condition where we don't even feel like we can pray, right? And just like the song says, 
when you feel like you cannot pray, get on your knees and pray anyway, because the weakest Christian on his knees is stronger than the devil. I mean, it can put any demon to flight. It doesn't matter if you're in your bedroom and you're depressed, you're afraid, you feel like you can't go on, like you're a failure. Drop on your knees and say a prayer and watch Satan flee. Amen. And then just surrender it to God and he'll come in and do the rest. Amen. Uh, so three things. Uh, most of you guys will remember I was in the really bad accident in 2016. One of the side effects, because even when I got up here to speak about it, I didn't really say, go into too much details on them, but one of the side effects was that, um, I don't really know, it's something to do with my lungs, but uh, when I, when I, one of the first, our God is tremendous, I struggled to say that, because it's just so many words like, and so fast that but I just couldn't keep up with it. I remember the first time singing after that, the accident, um, I like literally almost like had to drop back into my seat just because it took so much out of me. Um, so before coming to camp, I was I kept on praying. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, you know, to be a Christian and like you want to you know lift your voice and praise God, but like you physically can't. Like, oh man, that was terrible. I hated it. I, I kept on. I was always praying about it. Um, and I it was like I just kept on seeing myself like standing in God's presence and like singing, not like to the top of my lungs, well not quite, but you know, <laughs> singing like, you know, with a lot of meaning, yeah, like, um, so I, like, I think it was one of your services, or maybe Brother Tom's, um, you know, towards the end of the service, that was one of the things I stood up and claimed for, and then on the Saturday, I believe, of camp, I remember standing up, then I was singing, I'm like, wait, you know, my lungs feel great right now, and it's like after an hour of like, singing i'm like oh man this is awesome Amen. so like you know i thank god for that for finally you know and then i know like i don't honestly i didn't go to doctor to look at it but i know there's something going on because even when i went swimming once or a couple times after the accident but i couldn't like as soon as i went into the water like i wanted to like swim back out immediately because I, I don't know just the pressure on my lungs anyways anyways it's gone and <laughs> i can praise god second thing um Going to camp, <laughs> I always sit in the balcony, um, usually with my sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting up there, and then I'd even be driving my car going home. I just remember thinking, like, man, I am sick of going to church, like, even on a Wednesday. Because on Wednesdays, like, everybody come, comes tired and, like, you know, kind of got to drag the flesh to church. But I was like, I, I, I'm sick of going to church and, like, Almost everybody's expectations, like, I don't, I'm not, don't mean this in a negative way, but everybody's expectations is, you know, to have, like, oh, we're just going to have church, you know. Uh, you don't expect, like, an outpouring of God, right? And it, it, was, it was driving me crazy. Like, I just kept on praying about it and praying about it. Like, you know, we need, you know, like, a bit of a shove forward. Like, come on. You know, we're not here. You know, if we're going to make it to the, into the rapture, make it to heaven, you know, it's not going to be like this, right? So the entire camp was an answer to prayer to that. And then the third thing, I'm just going to have to borrow your pulpit for a sec. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going I'm to read a quote. And then two things about this quote. I just have to find it. Um, two things about this quote. Um, I took it from time-tested memorials of... God, I believe that's a full um, title in 
1967. Um, two things about this quote. We were, <laughs> we were in camp, and I think it was on the Saturday night. Um, myself, Joseph Kindo, and Jack, we were um, in the annex. We were just talking. Um, and then it got on the subject of, you know, we have to leave camp, and then you got to go rub, sh rub shoulders with the world. Um, and, you know, you have to be social. Like, for me, just because of the position I'm in for work, I have to be social with the other guys. And then we were just talking about that. So that ties in with this. And then the other thing is I just want to put my voice to, to what you were saying um, about, you know, how, yes, camp happened, but now it's also on us or you guys, you know, to not let it go back, right? So just keep that in your mind. And then this is, um, yeah, Time Testimonials of God, um, paragraph 65. Uh, but Mrs. Lott, she became very worldly and taken up with the things of the world. And what a lesson that is to us today, that we can become too worldly-minded. And I'm quite sure today that the church in whole is becoming too worldly-minded. Now, maybe Mrs. Lott didn't mean to do that when she went down there. She thought, oh, I'll just be sociable. It's all right to be sociable. Uh, but don't take up the habits of the world. When you go, go like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. They purposed in their heart that they would not defile themselves, no matter what uh, come or went, no matter whether the rest of the church backslid or what happened. They purposed in their heart, and they are a memorial today. Amen. Yes, sir. So, yes, Amen. that's, that's it. <laughs> yes, sir. You're a memorial today, but again, God bless you. Amen. No, I'm going to read you. Keep on coming. I'm going to read you a little quote, a little continue in the, in the, in the uh, it's okay, in the uh, scripture, just to help you, encourage you a little bit. You know, when they sent the messengers, and they went after them with the chariots down there to check it out, and they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels, which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. Amen? Now, you know what happened after that? is because of those four lepers that went into, said, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to give it all I got. Okay, they went into the, they found this out. What happened after that was then they sent the message back to the people and said, hey, there's a whole lot of bounty down in those tents. You need to come out here and start feasting. And because of some testimony, because of a few people that said, you know what, I'm going to get out there and say something about it, it blessed the whole congregation. And the whole congregation was fed and saved. Amen. Amen? So feed and save. I think I'm number four, so I'm just fulfilling the prophecy. Four lepers, number four. Just want to make sure the numbers was exact, right? Uh, so we had a, um, the, the, the weekend was a wonderful weekend, and I'm, I'm sure everyone will see it. But So I had a, uh, I, I'd taken devotions Friday morning for the, for the young ones at school, the ones that stayed behind. We had a, we had a great little morning service. And uh, I had to go to work that day, and so we were going to go to camp in the afternoon. And at some point during the day, um, something, something must have happened. Because we picked up, I picked up the girls, I picked up Ella and Gwyneth, and we, went to, we drove to camp, and it was very uneventful. Uh, you know, I was, I was a little bit late, so we, we got to camp a little bit late. And, and, uh, but it, not, nothing extraordinary, we still before service, and so you were just getting ready to, to enjoy the service. And I'm, I, I, uh, 
I hate hypocrisy, right? I, 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 when I feel like praising the Lord, I want to praise the Lord, but I'm certainly not going to praise the Lord just because I think everyone else is doing it. I feel like it's an individual walk, and so if God's working with me, then I'm going to, you know, going to act on it. Uh, so I, and I'm, I'm not scared to, to kind of stand out in that way. And so Friday night happened, and, and uh, I was sitting with my, uh, my sister-in-law, with Sharon, and I think Sister Abigail was sitting with us. And so because I didn't have the family there, you were just kind of trying to let the young people enjoy the service. Um, and it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a wonderful service, a spirit of the move, but I, I, I just I felt quiet. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't think anything was wrong. I didn't, absolutely didn't think anything was wrong. But, but somebody said to me and said, you know what, what, what what's, what's wrong? You know, why, why? you seem like you're, 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 you're heavy. And I was like, no, no, nothing. Really, there's nothing that really happened. I couldn't really put my finger on it. There was, there was really nothing. Uh, and then so we went to the, 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 the sun, Saturday morning uh, and we helped out with camp a little bit and Saturday night came and, and so, you know, the, the spirit of the Lord fell and people were worshiping and praising and there was just nothing. Right? I, I, I was, just, I was just, just sitting there and, and you see all these people enjoying and being free and liberty and and so you, 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 within yourself, you kind of say, Lord, I just, you know, I know you're moving, and, and, and so I just want to be respectful, right? At, at some point in time, if, I, if I'm not partaking, then don't hinder anybody else from partaking. And so I just, I just bent, bowed my head, and, um, you know, I, didn't say, I just sat, and I just, I just prayed, and I said, look, just be, you know, be respectful, enjoy, enjoy and, and somebody's going to get blessed. Um, and, and so you just, you're sitting there, and I was, I was right behind the cameraman. So if, if brother, if, if they were standing over here, I was right in the corner behind the cameraman. I, I don't think anybody would have noticed or seen uh, somebody just sitting down. And, uh, you know, when it, when it happened, I didn't really know what was happening. Uh, and, and so at the end of the service, there was a, there was, it was almost like the, 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 you know, people were kind of just singing a little bit of a different song. And, and uh, so I'm sitting with my head down. I'm not, I'm not, not getting up, I'm not looking at anybody. I hadn't made eye contact for, you know, 45 minutes at the very least. And somebody taps me on the shoulder, and it's, and it's, it's God bless Brother Murphy. And, it, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to come and say this tonight is just because, you know, thankful that a man of God recognized something. I don't know what it was, but he recognized something. And so Brother Murphy walks all the way from the other side of the platform through the crowd. I don't even know how he got there, but he, somehow he made his way to the side of, of, uh, of my chair. And so I'm sitting down with my head down, and Brother Murphy puts his hand on my shoulder, and, and he starts to pray, right? And, and I don't even know what, you know, I, I don't know what to ask for. I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I'm not feeling like anything's wrong. I, you know, I might have, you know, Maybe I had a bit of a burden for, for some of my children, but nothing, that, nothing that, that, that sparks up that says, I have a need, right? I, I just, so he starts praying, and, and I just agree. I, I just agree. You know, if somebody prays for you, you just agree with him, and so I'm just agreeing with the prayer. Um, and it wasn't a super long prayer. There was no, no flashes, no lightning. It was just, it was just a simple prayer, uh, you know, praying for the burden of my brother, and I just said, yes, Lord, and, and so... And so we end the service, he walks back, uh, and I leave the service, right? And, 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 you're, and I'm starting to wonder, you know, what, what just happened? What, what, what just happened? And I go to, uh, we, we go, you know, to bed that night, and, and you're just thinking about it and pondering about the word and the service and so forth. And Sunday morning we walk in, and, and, I'm, and I'm sitting in the, in the service, and 
there was something different, something changed, right? There was something that, that was, that was and, and so, you know, I don't think it took very long, and, and you just, you, you were free. You're like, okay, I, I feel, you know, the, the, I don't want to say the anointing, but it feels like you could, you could enter in. I could, I could enter in, right? And you didn't really even realize, I was talking to some of my kids afterwards, and I just said, I, I didn't even know what was happening at the time, but a man of God obviously recognized something without even asking for it, came and, and offered a word of prayer. Um, and so, you know, somewhere during the day, something must have happened with, you know, heaviness, the spirit, whatever the case may be. I don't really even know it was the devil. But you're like, and it was gone. And so that is an absolute testimony to, uh, you know, the man of God just recognizing something. And I just want to give God the glory because Sunday was a completely different service for me personally than what I'd experienced on Saturday night, even, even on Friday night. And it was all just because a man of God recognized the need. And I just want to say thank you very much, Lord. I'm actually amazed that I'm standing here right now because I went into camp with absolutely like no expectation. I had like the past three years have been probably some of the hardest years I've ever been through. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, it's not because of COVID. I mean, obviously that's part of it, not being in church, streaming all the time. And then when obviously when my mom went through what she did, it just, I kind of lost a lot of hope in the Lord. And I'm like, the devil's just been trying to attack our family, and I'm just here to say that he tried, but he failed. Like, okay. Um, so on Friday night, I came in, and I was just, I was very hopeless because, I mean, everything, I was struggling with anything you could think of. Like, I was just like, every worldly temptation, I just couldn't seem to avoid. Um, and I'm like, well, this is kind of pathetic. Like, if I'm a child of God, I should be able to, like, overcome and I just couldn't seem to do that so I was just sitting in the service and I mean the title right away time to deal with it and I'm like okay maybe it's time to deal with it um so I was just sitting there and I mean I I wrote stuff down on my phone because I had to go back because everything was so good and it got so loud in there that half the time you couldn't even hear what he was saying but okay um so really my deliverance came on Saturday because I came in so hopeless, I didn't even try to work up any sort of emotion. I was just, you know, Lord, I'm here. And it, I'm, it, you know, if something's going to happen with me, it's not going to be me working up like some feeling or like some sort of tingling, like, Lord, that's you. It's, it's just going to be him. And so, I mean, people were going to the altar. And for me, whenever I go to the altar, I'm like not even up there. I'm already crying. And I find it so emotional for me that I can't really deal with what I'm struggling with. And so this camp, I'm like, no, it's not gonna be that way. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pray through it. And you know, on Saturday, I, I didn't feel anything. I felt like dead, but I knew what Brother Andrew was saying was the truth. And he's like, the breakthrough is on you. You just have to realize that. And I just started responding to the word. I'm like, I don't care if I don't feel anything. I'm just, I'm just gonna praise. And so that's, start, that's what I started doing. Um, I just stood up, I raised my hands, and I still felt absolutely nothing, but I'm just going to praise. And all of a sudden, something like hit me so hard, and this scream came out of me, and I'm like, well, that was me? And then I'm like, I just had my breakthrough. And at that point, I just like 
fell to the ground. Like, I was just not in control of my body anymore. And I'm like, I'm free. I started screaming. I'm like, I'm free. Like, for years, I've struggled with things, and I've been to camps, and I've tried to put aside, like, all the worldly things. I've tried to do it on my own. But this camp, I just gave it all to the Lord. I'm like, you're going to take those desires out of my heart. It's not going to be me. And after that, I'm like, well, I mean, I need to get up. I need to praise more. So I got up. I lifted my hands as high as they could go. I'm like, praise you, Lord. I opened my mouth for the first time. You know, normally, I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. But like, I was like, praise you, Lord. Like, you delivered me from everything. Um, so... That was just incredible for me. I was like, you know, Brother Tom, you always, after a good service, you get up, you're like, I'm in heavenly places. And I'm like, that must be nice. I've never experienced that. Well, I, I was in another dimension. I mean, the power and the freedom that I felt in the Lord. I'm like, I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to praise. Like, well, I mean, how, that's how we're going to make the rapture, like, praise. And it's ironic because my mom gets up there. And she's like, I overcome, I, I overcome by praise. And, you know, when I was struggling and my mom, she, she obviously, like, the Lord touched her. And the key was praise. But when you're struggling like that, like, you don't like praise. So I get up in the morning and mom would already be singing. I'm like, oh. And, like, all day, worship music. She was lifting her hands. And when you're struggling like that, you, you just don't want to hear it. You don't, you don't want to be around the praise, you know. But I think the devil knew. She's like, that's the way Eden is going to get her breakthrough. It's just through praise. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like, I'm so happy. You know, you don't realize that you are so depressed when you are doing things of the world and you think it's great in the moment and you think you're happy. But when you experience the joy of the Lord and how happy you feel for everything that he's done for you, you cannot go back. You cannot go back. And I got home, like, I mean, my prayer life, like, I, I have not prayed in a long time. I mean, I just haven't read my Bible. I just haven't had a desire. I wanted to read my Bible. I was coming home, like, okay, take, you know, dust off the Bible, bring it out. I'm like, I don't know where to read. It opened up. It's like Psalms 116. Okay, I actually wrote it down. Okay. Okay, it's Psalm 116, 7 through 8. And I didn't know where to read. I just opened up my Bible. Oh my God, I might as well start here. And it said, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. And then I just kept on reading. And then in Psalm 118, it's like, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Like, it was like an open-ended question. I'm sitting there like, what can the devil do to me now? Like, the Lord is on my side. Anyways, so I am completely delivered. I have, like, such freedom now. I have such joy. And this is just the beginning. Like, I can't wait for my new life in Christ. Glory. Amen. <laughs> I'll wave you this, Sister Julie. Amen. I could do a dance. <laughs> Sister Eden. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Glory, Brother Victor. That's what camp's all about. Amen. That's the lepers coming back and saying, this is what God did for me. 
and he then pours over the whole kingdom and over the whole castle and says, my goodness, we're going to partake of the bounty. We just partook of the bounty. Amen, Sister Eden. I remember I was watching you on Saturday night, and I watched you bolt out of your seat. And I said, God just did something for Sister Eden. I watched it, and I told Dad, I believe, in the, on the next day, I said, incredible. It was. It was like a lightning shot out. Your hands went straight in the air, and God did something for you. Glory. Amen. Amen. Well, that's, uh, that's going to be hard to beat right there. No, I'm actually glad Eden went first before me because I was going to come up here and say, don't let your reviver die. Right? Satan, he's tried to come to our young people and say, you have no experience. You're dead. Through, you can blame it on COVID, but there ain't no stopping this train. It's head to gory land. Amen. But going, going into camp, listen, uh, you know, I, I had expectation, um, high expectation, you know, and I wanted that revival that we have had since, since summer camp, just push on through and just continue to, to cultivate and, and, and feed that. But, you know, you get, you get bound with the things of life and, and whatever more, and, you know, you, you kind of, you can wear off and, and you can almost feel like that, that flame inside is dying. Your desire doesn't change. Your, your desire is still same, but, you know, it, it can, it really weighs on you. And going, going into camp, you know, the, the Friday night, you know, Brother, Brother Andrew spoke on dealing with it, you know, just deal with it. Like, like Andrew was saying, you, you'll have these, you have moments in your life when, where God delivers you instantly. And, and before camp or on, on the Friday night, just before dinner, um, I was talking with Brother Murphy and he, he reminded me of, of when I got saved back in 2016 at a, at a winter camp. And I had went into that winter camp just like Eden, you know, didn't want nothing, didn't have any expectation. And I was actually sitting all the way in the back and come in mid-service, and it was Brother Kydra, and he had that prayer line. And my brother, something had told my brother, go find your brother and pray for him. He didn't know I was even in that building. And, and brother, brother Murphy reminded me, he's like, since that day, you have never been the same. And, and for me, you know, you look, you, you know the insides and out of, of your own being. And, and it's, it's hard to um, feel like you're getting anywhere in life because you say, oh, I, I make mistakes. But if you look back at the whole picture of things and you see where you've started and see where you are now, it, it's, it's astronomical difference than you being in the fight and you say, you know, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. But if you look at it, you're, you're nothing but a, an upward grind the whole way. You haven't dropped any. And, 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 that, and that's another thing brother, me and Brother Murphy were talking about. A lot of times people will come into camp and come to camp, you know, up and then have come down into a valley and then up and down. And 
even since the beginning of COVID, it's been nothing but an upward climb. Same would try to come and, and, and try to have the valleys and dips and valleys, but it's not been nothing but an upward climb for our young people. And I say, keep pressing on. Don't, don't let any of the imps that you've been delivered of from camp come back to you. Just let it go. Lay it down. Amen. And just, just like Eden was saying, sometimes I, I have a hard time of, of knowing what to read, you know, in, in the Bible. And so I, I turned on, um, I turned on the, I'm, I'm listening to the series Adoption right now. And uh, so I, I listened to the first, first one, and Brother Branham says in there, um, just at the beginning of the service, that um, the book of Ephesians is his favorite book. So I was like, I'm going to go listen to the, or I'm going to go read the book of Ephesians. And um, I, have, I have an amplified Bible where it has King James and amplified, and um, it's just a lot easier for me to, to read and whatnot. And this, this scripture, and I, I sent it to Joe Gindo uh, the other day, just because it, it stuck out to me so much. I'll read the King James Version, and then I'll read the Amplified. It's Ephesians 2, 4 through uh, 8. But God who, is in re- God, who is rich in mercy... For his grace, love within, he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the age that is to, ages to come, he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace... Are ye saved through faith and not yourself? It is the gift of God. And the Amplified reads, But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace... His, under, his, his unserved, undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness towards the, towards us in Christ Jesus for providing for our redemption for in for it is by grace God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing us to Christ that you have been saved actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith and this salvation and and I, I found this is very important this salvation is not yourself, not through your own efforts, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Amen. And that, that scripture just stuck out to me because it's nothing by our works that we do ourselves and nothing that, you know, man will try to think up. God's grace surpasses all unbelief, all sin, any, anything that we can think of. We, we can't describe the grace of God. And for, for, for those who had a, a true experience with God and, you know, just a total deliverance, keep, keep pushing 
and keep letting that revival burn inside of you because that you are the revival. You, the rapture is within you, right? Our bodies just need to become subjection. Like uh, on Saturday night, I was, I was telling Michael, I was like, where do, we, where do we go from here? Like the only thing to go from here is into heavenly places or the heavenly places come down to us. But we long for that day, amen. amen. God bless you, amen. I, need, I need condensed versions or we're going to be a all-night prayer meeting. Um, for years, I su- on and off, I suffered with depression, and I never would admit it. And this last year was really, really bad. And then the devil, you know, he'd use, like, even people you know to kind of make you feel really down and depressed in my new job and everything. But um, it's like I, w- I got, like, this past year, it's like I went into this, like, dark place. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get there? I love the message. I love our ministry. I love the word. How do I get there? How do I get out? I'm like, this is really scary. And I was just saying to Jean, you know, like how I was feeling. And he's like, just don't have any negative thoughts. Just think positive thoughts. Just always positive thoughts. And I come to church and I just worship. I'm like, I don't care, devil. I'm just going to worship you. For years, I've just had that revelation that I don't care. God is an object of worship. I don't care how I'm feeling. I'm just going to worship the Lord. And I'd feel amazing here. And then I'd leave. And then I'd just going home. And I just, that spirit would just come on me. And then one night I went home. And I just, this, I just got scared. I just, this fear just came on me. And just all of a sudden I was like, you know what, devil? I'm sick of you. I'm sick of this place. You're not going to have a hold of me anymore. Just get out of my life. Get out of my room. This is over. I'm sick of you. And then just, and this past year, I can just honestly say there's not one thing I prayed for that the Lord didn't answer. The Lord just always answered. And I just want to say that the Lord totally delivered me. Whenever I think, like, the devil comes, I just talk to him. I was like, you don't have a part of my life. Okay, I'm, the, I'm a seed of God. I'm a child of God. And you're... You don't have a part of me anymore. And so I just want to say that the Lord totally delivered me. I'm completely delivered. Well, coming into camp, um, I was just praying because for the last three years I've been struggling. And I had lost my fire. I had lost my umph and I, I was just I was Lord I where did I lose you I don't know where I lost you so I I was praying that was my desire coming into camp and Friday night I I stepped out of service just to grab some chairs because we ran out of chairs and then I come back in and and it was like once I stepped back in the Holy Ghost just focused on me and started just hitting me left right and center and and I've never heard anyone speak on excuses and responsibilities like that ever before. And it's exactly what it was. For the last three years, I was making excuses to not read my Bible, to not pray. I was tired. I had a long day at work. That's what, that's what, I, was, that was what I was doing. And slowly, I, ha- I had my experience, and then it slowly would just die out. Um, so... I took responsibility. I went up there Friday night and I dealt with it. And I got delivered from things that I was delivered before. 
that I let come back in, I am completely delivered from everything that I was struggling with. Saturday night, he talked about breakthrough. I had a breakthrough because three years ago, you would have never caught me running to the front of the church and screaming and shouting amen like I was. I can't remember if it was Sunday or Saturday, too, where he talked about Custer's last stand and Satan's last stand. Well, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was Satan's last stand for me, and it's over. I think you're going to be the old. Brother Tom will be the last one. We're gonna, uh... Uh, I'm back for seconds, but that's, that's just the kind of eater I am. I'm a man after Brother Tom's own heart. But, uh, I, I know there's a bountiful supply at, at the camp. There's a bountiful supply. So uh, I feel like everyone received so much from camp. And uh, we talked about it. And like, this is, this is your time. And I see many of the young people's faces here. And I'm wondering why they're not up here. But the ratio that we talked about, and I felt, you know, it was, it was appropriately a senior camp because I felt like there's many of us senior people there. But um, it, was, it was a blessing, you know, just to see the excitement and the exuberance amongst, amongst the young people and to see people just really pulling on God. And, um, yeah, Anthony mentioned adoption. I was speaking, I was listening to adoption, the adoption series as well. I know Victor's been listening to it. So, you know, they call me... Um, at home, they have a nickname for me. They say I'm the garburator because I like to, uh, if somebody doesn't finish what's on their plate, I'll eat it. So uh, that's what I'm here for, you know, because the adoption, we're being called, you know, we're being called and perfectly placed in the body. And I see different ones rising up. You know, you have, you know, I'm inspired when I see Jean up here preaching and to think of Brother Andrew at only 25 years old and the, and the, the zeal and the fervency with what he preaches and then to see different ones in the body, you know, I see Sam and Joseph up there, and they're, you know, young ones. You shared that clip of uh, the pastor talking about, you know, you know, as time goes on, different ones will be raising up, and different ones will be coming into their place, and just uh, listening to adoption, and just just hearing the prophet speak, and, and, and dealing, uh, dwelling on that, I was listen- also listening to God called man. I'm just like, Lord, what is it that you have, you know, for me, and like, you know, it, it might not be something clear, but when I heard him say, you know, just break out of your shell, you know, and he's like, where are the worshipers? And that got me out of my seat. That got me to the front because I'm like, God, if, if I don't understand, if I don't have a perfect idea of what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to worship you because I have so much to worship you for. And, and that just unlocked so much praise. And uh, I felt, you know, just being up there and like seeing different ones from the prayer meeting and us all up there and then know, seeing my aunt up there and seeing different ones that won the victory and be able to rub shoulders with, you know, my brothers and my sisters and soldiers in the living army. And uh, we're fellowshipping the victor. And he said, you know, God, you know, he, um, that charge, you know, that call to charge. And, and we were talking about the, the, um, the prayer meeting and how we call it like the war room. And I felt like, you know, we're strategizing in the war room, but then we got called to charge and we got called to go forth and actually put those prayers and see those prayers in action. So I'm just uh, encouraging you all, like, at work, I have an opportunity to try to unlock the potential of younger ones under me, and I'm here to try to unlock your potential and say, you know, don't hold back, because God, I know God has victories in your life, and I know that, you know, you guys uh, have a lot of testimonies for, you know, that will bless, and we overcome by our testimonies. So 
I just want to hear those, those young voices be able to testify for the things of God. I think Gabe just called me a senior. I'm pretty sure I got called senior there. So is it 1.2 adults? And Okay. So uh, I moved here when I was a year younger than Anthony and Caleb. And uh, I think I was Andrew's age the first time I helped at camp. So I've seen a couple of camps. I want to say that this is probably one of the most tremendous ones that I've been in for myself personally. And uh, I think one of the highlights, well, I'm going to step back. I mean, have, how many have a golden ticket to be able to cross the border? <laughs> so I've, I've put that thing for full use, and hopefully that paper is going to last the whole entire six months. Um, because I figured, you know what, it was almost two years I couldn't come. And so when the brothers have the prayer meetings, we used to come when I was younger to the prayer meetings. And you hear a lot of, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And you feel very much out of the loop when all these things are happening. So I've been coming to the prayer meetings, and I think you can attest that my first three, I didn't say a word. <laughs> I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even put a prayer because I'd send it to Mike and say, you know, put this in, please. Um, so... As God's been working over the last month, uh, just being in that atmosphere, just allowing yourself to get out of the way, forget your ideas, forget, oh, and, and Brother um, Andrew said it, he says, forget the past, forget what just happened a year ago, forget what just happened a day ago, forget what happened last week, and I want to go back and find where he said that because I want to write it down, uh, just forget about it. And so as I've been in the prayer meetings, God has just been doing something within myself. And before the service came, before camp, it was just praise him. Just praise him. Just praise him. Don't figure it out. Just praise him. So the highlight for me for this camp among all those things was Saturday night, we had no internet. So we're in the kitchen, and I'm going through the computer trying to, okay, what is wrong with my computer? What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? Go down to the chapel. No, we have no internet. Come back up. And I had one mission in life. And that mission was, I want everybody out of this kitchen and into that service. And the highlight of my day, of my weekend, was seeing Sister Callista look at me when I said, get out of here. And she goes, really? Go. And so that was my highlight. And, and we had a flurry of action to pound out a whole bunch of stuff. And, and just to get the people into the service. Couldn't tell you why. I believe God had just sealed us alone. Um, did something very special. And then in the, as the service progressed, uh, you know, I was in the back. We were trying to figure out how to get some internet going. And then I just stood at the door because if I saw anybody from the kitchen get up to try to go out, I was going to tell them, sit down. This is for you. Stay here. Because the ultimate thing for camp is that service. It's not what's going on in the background. It's not the other things. You know, uh, some sisters can attest, the rice is going to get mushy and it's going to burn. But we can make new rice. It's okay. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say this last regarding the prayer meetings. Um, we had Anthony and Rosie over for dinner. Uh, I think it was a Wednesday before, before camp. And I've prayed. I've prayed up here. I've prayed with my family. And sometimes you're just praying and you don't know why. 
and having my children at the table, I couldn't pray. I broke. So a couple of Fridays later, we had the entire family. And so it happens once. And maybe many in the family don't know, but it happened a second time. And it's each time my children are at my table. And I say, Lord, don't, let ever that, don't ever let that stop. That the Spirit of God just came in. It came out of nowhere. And I couldn't pray. My wife is trying to keep me together while I'm trying to pray. So I look back and I say, okay, Lord, this has been some time and God's using the prayer meetings. We've talked, I've talked with brothers about the prayer meetings and what was and what God's doing. So if I can say one thing, you know, you mentioned, uh, Brother Andrew, you can give in, you can give up, or you can give it all you got. Hey, I got a golden ticket. I'm going to give it all I got. I'm going to encourage you, give it all you got. You ain't got nothing to give? No. You got something to give. So give it what you got. You got a nickel? Get with a dime. You got 15 cents now. Okay, get with a quarter. Okay, you got 45 cents. Let's give it all we got. Because all we have is what we have right now. And he said, and and I'm, I'm trying to remember, it had to do with the past, the present, and the future. And all I can remember is the present is the future, and the future is yours. So what you have right now is the breath you have in your lungs, the heartbeat that's going on right now, because you have no guarantee tomorrow. So if you have something to give, just give it. If you don't think you have something to give, just give it. Give that to him. He said, Brother Brown said, God wants empty vessels. He don't want full vessels because he can't use full vessels. So just, if you're an empty vessel, God wants empty vessels. I know we could go, we could, we could. And I I love hearing what the Lord has been doing. And it's not just what I'm, what I catch is it's not just been a, a little isolated day or weekend. It's, it's been this whole time that has been encouraging, building up, and the and, and Lord has been moving and dealing all the way to here. Like Brother Anthony said, go back to even prior summer camp, leading into summer camp, post-summer camp. It's the Lord is doing something for the body here. I pray that we catch it and that we jump into the channel of what the Lord is doing. Amen. Well, I'm going to... It's a good thing I did the shortest notes ever because I uh, still have lots of notes. <laughs> but we won't go there. So we'll just wrap up with, with the evening with, with uh, I was just, as the, taking go, the lepers, as we talked about, going down and, and taking the spoil and being under the prophecy to do that. And I had been, there's a couple different aspects in Scripture, and I just want to drop maybe uh, thinking about David as he was in Ziklag. And he was also, if you recall in the Scripture, he was coming, he was in a very, very low time as he came back from, uh, from where he, he was with the Philistines and they had taken all his family and they had, they had uh, burned the city down. And here, here uh, David was, now it said he wept and his voice wept until they had no more power to weep. And they were in a very, very low moment. As some have testified, there are times when we are in the lowest, lowest of moments. And they grieved almost to the end, the point where they're going to stone David. They were going to stone David. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how when the, when the going is good, everything's wonderful. But when the going gets a little tough, it's uh, stone the leader. <laughs> uh, 
That's where David was right there. And uh, so it's scripture for you. So every, and and uh, David, though, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. He encouraged himself in the Lord. And here he, he started to, he could because he wrote lots of Psalms. So he could encourage himself. He could have pulled from memory all the different things that he had. He had these, you know, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted? Hope thou in, the, in God, for I shall yet praise him. Here he started to encourage himself. Amen. Here he said, Oh my God, my soul's cast down. Therefore I will remember thee from the land of Jordan. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, in the night his song. 34, Oh magnify the Lord with me. Amen. Come, let us exalt his name. He just started to pour over what he had probably wrote down and what he had started to, 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 to put into Psalms. Amen. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are upon their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And he started to encourage himself. He started to worship. He started to worship as he was in that low time. Amen. Sister Julie. Amen. He, he started to worship the Lord as he was getting ready almost to be stoned. I don't think any of us are in that spot, but he encouraged himself. And then he started to gain strength. He started to, okay, I can get through this. And so he said, I got to deal with this. He couldn't just sit there. His family was gone. He was in a desperate state, but he started, he went back to the word or what the word had, the Lord had inspired to him. And then he said, in scripture, he said, he went to the priest and he says, bring me the ephod. Okay, so now he needs a word from the Lord. He's going to the word to say, Lord, what should I do in this situation? Amen. And so he goes to the, to the priest. He has them bring an ephod and he seeks the Lord's will. And Abiathar, the priest said to him, all right, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And he said, and David inquired, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Two questions. And he answered him and said, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Amen? So now a prophecy essentially had been given to him. You can pursue. You will overtake them. He said, should I go? Should I overtake? Go, pursue, and you shall overtake and without fail. Now here, back in the lepers, they had no clue what the prophecy had been spoken. And they were doing it and just going about their business. And that's fine. But here David knew exactly what was spoken to him. He had heard it now and he could take confidence and said, God spoke back and he said, pursue. And so I am now going to take the word of God. I am under a prophecy. I am under the inspiration of the word to go forth and take back everything. Amen. So what did he do? He went back, took his 600 men, dropped off 200 because they were too faint. And, and went with the 400 to go and deal with the problem. And here in the 16, he said, David, when he brought them, he brought down this Egyptian they came across. And he looks across and they're eating and they're drinking and they're dancing because of all the great spoil they'd taken in the land of the Philistines. Here, David is looking down at all of his, his people. They're all captive. He's looking at his stuff. He's looking at the spoil. And they're all having a wonderful time. And devil was surely having a wonderful time before this camp. I can tell you that. He had the spoils. He had your spoils. And he was having a good time. With your, with your problems, yeah, I got these guys. I got these girls. I got them tied up one way and the other. They're bound up. And David looked down, and he looked at it, and he said, mm -mm. I am under a prophecy to overcome that demon. Amen? And so he looked down, and he smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. He had a long, hard-fought battle. But he did, and he fought, and he escaped. And David recovered all 
that the Amalekites had carried away and rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that had taken them. David recovered all. Amen. And he took all the flocks and the herds, which drave before the other cattle, and said, This is David's spoil. So he didn't just take back what was his. He took extra. He took extra. He got a little bit more than what he went for. I pray you got a little bit more than what you went for. Maybe zero expectation or expectation, but God poured back even more. Amen. Amen. The word says, I will restore all. All that was lost in the ages, amen? Don't be surprised when God is moving, saints. Because what is happening, and we're going to close right here, is this is what has been prophesied. How many times did you hear, this is that? How many times did you hear that this weekend? This is that which the prophet Joel. What was it? I will restore. It was the Holy Ghost falling down in Acts 2.38. That was the same one that was prophesied in Malachi 4. I will turn the hearts of the children back to the Father. We are under that prophecy. We know we're under that prophecy. Therefore, we will recover all. Everything that God has for us, we will recover all. Take it back. You can go in confidence knowing that, David, I'm going down there to take everything God has for me. No one's stopping it because prophecy must be fulfilled. Amen. Where are the Davids? Where are the lepers? Amen. That can recognize that you're under a prophecy to fulfill in this day. Don't be surprised when God can just pour over a congregation and people can stand up and worship and praise the Lord and they can scream and shout out. Why? Because it's prophecy being fulfilled. Amen. Brother Branham says Pentecostal, they claim, well, we're a Pentecostal organization. He says there's no such thing you heard of this weekend. Pentecost is an experience. And I sure hope that the same Pentecostal experience that happened back in Acts is the same Pentecostal experience that must happen now or the prophecy has not been fulfilled. It must happen. He said, oh, come stand by me. Amen, Brother Roy. It's happening. We are living in it. Amen. That's how you can just drink this in and say, wow, that is indeed this is that. Here we are. Stand by me. I'm standing in a terrible place. He says, I challenge today. These tapes go over the world. This is a very common quote, or I should see a quote that you should know. I challenge men, some men and some warrior who loves Jesus Christ that knows these things has got to be fulfilled today. I challenge some men. Amen. He says, forget those dried cisterns, stagnated denominations you're living in. Pull the fresh word of God. Let Jesus have a good drink of fresh Pentecostal water. Amen. Give him a good drink, saints. He deserves it. He says his desire today is back to the original Pentecost, back to the word. I said, you know, it's not emotion that's pulling people out of their seats. It's not just, oh, this is wonderful. Oh, he's shouting, I should shout. No, it's because you're responding to the word of God. The word that's been opened and unveiled in this day, that's what's calling a people to respond and say, glory. It's not because he said glory. It's because the word triggered something in your heart. You're a seed, a predestinated son or daughter of God. That's the fresh drink he's looking for. He said it's prophesied 
we do so in Malachi, the fourth chapter. Return the faith of the children back to the fathers again. Amen. Who would stand this morning, he said. I would pray everybody here tonight would stand and say, Oh God, may my life be a fresh Pentecostal drink. Not some denominational thought. A fresh Pentecost experience where your heart just blasts forth. Amen. And may we take back, as David, as the lepers, they spoiled the enemy's camp. I said, oh God, may we spoil that demon of cancer's camp. May we spoil that demon of cerebral palsy's camp. May we spoil the demon of stroke camp. We're here to take it back. Hallelujah. Everybody wants the best boy. I bet you those lepers went around and said, you know what? That looks like the choice. The choice thing, we'll just hide that one and then let everybody know. <laughs> that might have happened there in the tents. But, oh, Lord, what's the choice? You know what the choice is? My, that is that Holy Ghost sealed in experience. That's what we need. Amen. Where it's not just an up and down as Brother Branham goes. And you that went through camp and you've never experienced this before, you go read Why Am I So Tossed About or Why I Cannot Keep the Victory, where he goes in, in detail about the outer courts and getting into that Shekinah presence because that's the Holy Ghost sealing experience when you can get into that place where the veil can come behind you and you are shut in with God in a secret place. There with the spirit beholding his face. That's where you'll keep going. And it will be like Brother Anthony. Continue to go flying higher. We're going to go through the grouse grind. We're going to go through the Laodicean grind. But we're going to go further and onward. Amen in Christ. Amen. Glory. Amen. I want an inner court. Amen. A holy supposed experience. Amen. We talked about breakthrough. You heard breakthrough. I pray you follow through. You broke through, now follow through. Amen. Don't get stopped. Keep going. Keep going. Amen. You can set all the goals you want and you can make the next step, but you just can't keep going. You got to follow through now. Amen. My wife, she told me I was walking out the door. We were talking just about a, uh, a quote. But Andrew said it. He says, and I pulled it up on the... Uh, on my notes, Brother Bram says, and before one bomb can strike, the church will be home in glory. Be sure. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. Saints of God, we are, pro we are under prophecy to spoil the enemy's camp. We're under prophecy to take a little bit higher. He said in a quote, he said gravitation. He says, Jesus Christ, he's the creator of gravitation. And that gravitational pull couldn't hold him when he came out of the grave. Grave and his feet just started to lift off the ground. That's your prophecy. He said it took one prophecy, one prophecy in scripture to get him out of the grave in Psalm 16. One prophecy from Malachi 4 is going to get you and I out of here. Amen. If one can take Christ in the glory, one will get you and I in the glory as well. Amen. Under prophecy to rob this kingdom, rob Satan blind of your life. Amen. Amen. I've held you long enough. Glory. That's your promise. My goodness, I can imagine after when they came out the doors, falling out of the doors of the upper room. Oh my. There was a spoiling of some camp going on. Peter started preaching. He started to repent. 
be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall be saved for the mission of your sins and so forth. And he's preaching. And the Holy Ghost will come, etc., etc. He's preaching away. And what happened? 3,000 souls. Oh, my. Satan's like, what's going on? His camp was being spoiled. That's what was happening. And if that happened then, that's the same Holy Ghost that will fall upon this age. is going to have the same thing. What's going on? That pricked my heart. I say, repent, be baptized, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Musicians, you better come or we'll be here a long time. Good. Oh, glory, glory, glory. You know, I had a song I wanted to sing, but you don't know it. Can I teach it to you? And then you can sing it with me. All right. How about those that were helping me? Come on up. Oh, my. I'm one of them while they come. One of them, hallelujah, one of them. Well, I'm so glad I'm one of them. this service. Amen? Post-camp anthem. This is mine. It can be yours if you want, but I lay claim to it. You can bring it up. It's called, I'm taking back what the devil stole from me. David was taking back what the devil took back from him. Amen? How many of you took something back? He said, I took it all back because I recovered it all from the devil, this camp. Amen? We're going to sing it. We're going to start with the chorus, and then we'll go through. Amen? You ready? This is a joy rejoicing song. I'm ready, maybe. <laughs> or not. That's right, here we go. I'm taking back being that devil stole from me. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We lost it. I lost it because I didn't hear the bass. <laughs> Oh, that's the right one, too. Okay, here we go. We just practiced before church. Yeah. I'm taking back everything that the devil stole from me. I'm taking back everything that the devil stole from me. Give me back my song, my day, my soul. Everything that the devil stole from me. Give me back my song, my song, 
But you see David encouraged himself in the Lord He made up in his mind He said, on my way down to his camp That I'm taking what's rightfully mine Oh devil, I'm taking back Everything that the devil stole from me I'm taking back I'm taking back Everything that the devil stole from me Give back my song My song My name Under attack, cause I'm on my way down to his tent, and I'm taking my property back. Well, I'm taking back everything that the devil stole from me. Well, I'm taking back, I'm taking back everything that the devil stole from me. I'm just letting you know it's already gone. Amen? Hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, it's my testimony, my song for this camp. Glory, glory. Well, shall we close? Let my people go. Heavenly Father, we've enjoyed time in your presence. Lord, going through your word, hearing the testimonies of your people. Lord, as they gave the devil notice that I've taken back what you had taken from me. Lord Jesus, may they go forth, Lord. Lord, as we've said, not just breaking through now, but following through with what you've done for them, Lord. And we would just continue to go, as Sister Eden said, heavenly places. It's a wonderful place to be, that we can be a few inches off the air because, oh God, it feels like we're just on our way home. So Lord, I pray you take the people home tonight. Drive safely, Lord, we pray. Lord, may your presence go with them. And we commit them to you now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Glory. Well, have a wonderful week. And continue to take it back. You know, if he tries to reach his little hand in you, say, it ain't happening, devil. That's mine. Don't even try to take it away. God bless you. Love you. Have a good week. See you on Sunday, Lord willing. Amen.